Welcome to our podcast, Are You There Universe, hosted by me, Jamie Wu, and Sunny Yu, two high-achieving Asian-American women recovering from burnout. Join us as we embark on a journey to reclaim ourselves and inner power, unpack and explore the transformative nature of social change and justice at the level of the spirit, and heal our past traumas by exploring our present. Because when you heal yourself, you heal the world. When you evolve, the world evolves with you. Hey, Sunny. Hi. So for today's episode, I really want to talk about the law of attraction. It's something that's kind of come up through my mindfulness practices. And I just think it was probably the most resonant thing for me um, over the course of like the last few months. And so figured we should dive in. Yeah. What an exciting topic. Because in a way, (laughs) that's kind of how we like to talk about how this all came about, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So how did you come across the law of attraction? Well, I mentioned in our first episode that I had done the 21 Days of Abundance, which I then kind of looped you in on, and it was Mm -hmm. my introduction into mindfulness and meditation. And Deepak Chopra talks about the law of attraction in -hmm. those 21 days, but kind of the way he introduced it was through this this idea called the law of abundance. Mm -hmm. And essentially it is coming to terms with and acknowledging that, that the things that are so important to us, joy, happiness, love, they're abundant. They're all around us all the time, everywhere. And, And they're within our grasps at all times. And so when you start to like look at yourself in relation to what's around you, your environment, your relationships, it's not just you anymore. You are nested in this grand universe mm-hmm. that is filled with joy and filled with love. And more so, he brings to light that oftentimes what we're searching for, what we're just mm-hmm. you know desperately climbing the ladder to achieve mm-hmm. is already right in front of us and we're just not paying attention. Mm-hmm. And so using the law of abundance as a foundation, the law of attraction essentially means that we have the power to attract whatever we want. That may be, you know, a promotion, a job, uh, a certain house that we want. But in understanding it in terms of the law of abundance, it really maintains that what we really want, what we're really seeking are these feelings of joy, love, mm-hmm. forgiveness, compassion, and yeah. that they're all attainable that they're all around us and within us. And we have the ability to make space for those feelings. Yeah, exactly. What about you? How did you understand law of attraction? Yeah, well, it's interesting because um, I did the Chopra thing too after you, right? And I remember um, sending out those emails and kind of anticipating people's resistance to the idea of law of attraction because I I had a lot of resistance to it when I Mm. first came across it, which was when my dad showed our entire family <laughs> the, I don't even know what to call it, but this film called The Secret. Okay. And in that, um, the law of attraction is basically this idea that whatever you focus your attention on, you can you know, manifest it into mm-hmm. your life. 
you know, they talk about visualizing and just really focusing on imagining that you already have the thing that you want. And then just one day will just appear in your mm-hmm. life. And they had so many stories of this, right? Like a boy wants a bike and just thinks about the bike all the time. And then before you know it, someone just gives him a bike. Mm-hmm. And I remember at that time feeling that that was all a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're like, okay, well, I want a million dollars. So oh, you get a million dollars. Well, I guess it's fake. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. And actually, I think the way Deepak Chopra introduces it through the law of abundance is necessary mm-hmm. because you're trying to establish th- this idea that there's no competition right. between you and me getting the thing that we want. Mm-hmm. And actually something that, that I ended up including in my email about law of attraction was to add Thich Nhat Hanh's insight that what we really want to manifest are usually it's the feeling that we have when we have the thing that we want, like mm-hmm. love, joy, the thing, feelings that you say, and that those feelings are really abundant as opposed to thinking about it like a means to an end. It's an end in and of itself. Yeah. I think what you said, and this is also what Deepak Chopra said about this idea of competition, right? That there's only this finite source of joy and happiness and love and we're all fighting for it and it's very much reinforced by capitalism right that we're Mm -hmm. kind of fighting for a small number of products or a small number of items and in order for me to get what I want you cannot get what you want right and so it's really kind of breaking that down and and saying that's not necessarily true, right? The, the Those feelings that we so crave, the feeling to be loved, the feeling to have infinite joy, those are all attainable by everyone at all times. And then there's an endless reserve of, of you know, compassion, forgiveness. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I hear that. It showed up in my life with a promise that it was going to get me the things that I wanted. But I realize that that's really an illusion or it's more like a, it's like a bait. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like a bait for you to try out the practice. Mm -hmm. And when I tried out the practice, I didn't get all the things that I wanted. And I realized it wasn't even about that. It's really about putting myself in a place where I can imagine myself already having the thing that I want and feel satisfied Mm. and feel Mm -hmm. at peace or feel worthy of having those things. Mm -hmm. And it was also surprising for me engaging with this practice that there were things that I wanted that I just believed I couldn't have, Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. that no amount of hard work or no amount of luck would let me have this thing or Mm this amount of money or this level of freedom. And so the true benefits of the law of attraction for me is that it became a tool of self-reflection. What Mm -hmm. are the emotions that I want to Mm -hmm. have and embody Mm -hmm. and the visualizations and writing practices, all these practices were just practices that allowed me to get to that emotional state. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember writing in my journal, this was even before the 21 Days of Abundance, but I literally wrote one day, I was like, things I love about myself, 
Mm-hmm. Next day I wrote things I want, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then I also wrote things that I love to do. You know, in terms of the things that I want and how the law of attraction fit into my life at the time and still now is attracting positive mm-hmm. affirmations, hope, optimism, compassion, forgiveness for myself by focusing on those things it gave less room for self-defeating thoughts. It gave less room for insecurity, less room for fear in my body and my mind and my heart to take up space. Mm -hmm. So in attracting these feelings for me, it was almost like a, like a coping mechanism. It was like a defense mechanism against the other negative swirl of things that I was going through. Yeah. Because once you start thinking about having the things that you want, and being happy about it, it becomes easier to think more positive thoughts Mm -hmm. because the thoughts are close together, approximate, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. One positive thought is close to another positive thought. And then you create distance between the positive thoughts and then the negative thoughts Mm -hmm. because they're inherently incompatible. Mm -hmm. This in some ways goes back to the title of the podcast, Are You There Universe? Right? We're like asking the universe are you out there? Are you looking out for me? Is there a greater purpose to all of this? And in the sense of this law of abundance where we share the same molecules as a chair, as mm-hmm. you know, a tree, as the stars, and we're all one, we all also are all energy. You know, mm-hmm. and so when I place my energy and I place my energy on thinking about what I want. I'm mm-hmm. putting that into the universe, mm-hmm. you know, and, and in some ways it's like, I'm harmonizing with the universe. I'm telling this, the universe, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. Right. And putting that energy out there, makes space for, for transformation. And as I said before, leaves less space for fear, for anxiety. When I put out positive energy, I'm receiving back positive energy from the universe. It's a cycle of this like give and take of this like symbiosis. Yes. And that's why the law of attraction does require some element of faith. Mm -hmm. And it also requires you to buy in to that idea Mm -hmm. that we live in a benevolent universe Mm -hmm. and that we're meant to be symbiotic and cooperative, Mm -hmm. which is actually why the law of attraction did not resonate with me. I did not, I was not attracted to the law of attraction right. as a young when child. I first, right. When mm-hmm. I first came into it. Yeah. And why, why, yeah, why is that? Well, when I first watched the movie, it just seemed like very materialistic mm-hmm. that all the people on that, in that movie, use law of attraction to gain wealth, houses, Mm -hmm. cars. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it just affirmed this shame that I felt around being materialistic Mm -hmm. as Asian immigrants. What I mean by this is that I grew up in Korea and my grandparents, you know, they grew up during the time of the Japanese colonial occupation of Korea. And then we had a civil war. And then after that, 
South Korea was, was a third world country. Like we Mm -hmm. depended on us aid for food. Mm -hmm. Entire country was poor. And so there is this naturalization or like kind of expected cultural norm around it being totally okay, if not encouraged (laughs) that you want expensive things that you want a lot of money that you want material wealth, that that's a totally normal thing to want and desire um, and aspire to. But that also meant that a lot of other things kind of got not, not as important, you know, Mm -hmm. I think this is where the stereotype comes in about Asian immigrants and to an extent, Asian Americans being very success driven, the model minority, mm-hmm. getting that job, being affluent. Like that movie, Crazy Rich Asians, right? Mm-hmm. And I hated that. <laughs> I thought, mm-hmm. you know, it's like shallow. And there was no emphasis on the feelings, mm-hmm. which actually reminds me that another thing for applying law of attraction is that you need to be emotionally intelligent, wouldn't you say? Mm. Yeah. You need to be in tune with your feelings and your emotions to be able to recognize how to heal and and the things you need Mm -hmm. to heal, right? Whether it's compassion or forgiveness. And for the longest time, just quickly, I would say, Mm -hmm. I kept thinking forgiveness was forgiving other people (laughs) for hurting me. Yeah. And it's like, no, I need to forgive myself <laughs> for all of the guilt or mistakes or regrets or whatever that I did. Mm-hmm. And for so long, I just never really considered like, I need to forgive myself. Mm-hmm. And what is that feeling? What does it feel like to forgive yourself? Oh, it's liberating. I mean, it's so, it feels like a weight's been lifted off my shoulders. And I'm not just saying it's like an overnight thing. It's something I had to sit with and process and really be compassionate and patient with myself. But Mm -hmm. none of those things were out of reach, right? They're all within my grasp, Mm -hmm. within myself. When was the moment when you realized that forgiveness was a feeling, Hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that that's something that you wanted? Yeah. Honestly, I mean... I have to say this was like just like a month ago. Yeah. <laughs> like a few yeah. months ago. Like I'm 29 and I just discovered self-forgiveness. Your question of when was the moment that you realized that self-forgiveness was a feeling? Mm-hmm. It's hard. I don't I don't know the answer. Exactly. The answer. Yeah. <laughs> actually, that's my point. Is that <laughs> uh, yeah, that's actually my point. Is mm. that these moments are actually moments of grace. Mm. there's no cause you can't make it happen when you come to that realization that moment of insight Mm. right when you're like oh my gosh I need to forgive myself for something Mm -hmm. and I've been carrying this weight around and forgiveness is just another way of saying I need to love myself even though there are Mm -hmm. parts of me that many people might deem unlovable Right. If I don't love myself for those parts, no one will, yeah. you know? As soon as you acknowledge that, as soon as you can say it out loud, it is, it's giving you that energy to be patient with yourself and to yeah. be compassionate, just like you would anyone else. Like, you know, if you have to forgive your friend for doing you wrong, it takes patience and it takes, 
you know, sitting with it and compassion. It takes maturity. It takes emotional intelligence and it takes time. It's still abundant in the universe. Forgiveness. Yeah. And I just want to add that a lot of times when I've hurt other people, the easiest thing to do is be like, oh, well, they didn't handle that well. They hurt me back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And what I want to add is that it's hard to feel worthy of being forgiven or feel Mm -hmm. like that's even possible. That I have this idea that only the person I hurt can forgive me. Mm. You know, it's like they have all the power to forgive and redeem Mm -hmm. me. Yeah. And I have all the power to forgive other people who, you know, it's a matter of judgment. Mm -hmm. And then there's the shame and then being like, well, I don't deserve to be forgiven. I don't deserve grace. I'm just a bad person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. You can devolve into that. And so I think that's why when I asked you about when was that moment when you felt like I needed to forgive myself, because you're right, it's also not about knowing that you have to do that, but being in a place where you can actually feel like, oh, wait, I I can actually achieve this. I Mm -hmm. can allow myself to feel this. I feel like it's possible Mm -hmm. and that I'm worthy Mm -hmm. of that. Yeah. And to your point about worthiness. The power of the law of attraction really requires us to accept that we are worthy of love Mm -hmm. and we are worthy of the things that we want. Mm -hmm. You know, there's another thing I wanted to bring up about the law of attraction, which is noticing what many people would call coincidences. Oh, yeah. I love this. Right? So it's like (laughs) you're thinking about and putting out in the world and putting out your energy in the world of the thing that you want, or you were just thinking and talking with a friend about a particular thing that you care about or passionate about. And lo and behold, that thing manifests in reality, Mm -hmm. right? Or for me, the way I experience what is called synchro destiny is during my 21 days of abundance, I would have these realizations and I would write them in my journal. And the next day I would see some quote that most perfectly encapsulates exactly what I wrote in my journal the night before. And then three hours later, I'll be talking to a friend who will bring up the same Mm -hmm. topic offhand, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, everything in my life is starting to come together in this very almost form of destiny. And when we stop, treating those things as coincidences mm-hmm. or luck that we just mm-hmm. happened upon. And we start to see it as the universe being on our side and looking mm-hmm. out for us. By doing that, we're honoring our worthiness of it. Yeah. And we're actually creating, we're creating that benevolent world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when we stop thinking, oh, we just, you know, this is luck. And I didn't deserve this or this coincidence is random. And we actually start to think, no, this was meant for me. That that shifts everything. That shifts our perspective about what we're worthy of. Oh, my gosh. And this is where, for me, healing, social justice, and spirituality really just come together. Because when we talk about body-mind coherence, that the universe is on our side, that we're taken care of, that it's a safe and benevolent place. but 
that this world is traumatized, right? Mm. When you're not experiencing a lot of synchronicity or coincidences or synchro destiny, like you're constantly thinking I self-sabotaged myself or I'm really unlucky or all, always bad things mm-hmm. are happening to me. One way to think about that is that you're not coherent with the larger universal mm. idea of benevolence and being connected, that we're all connected and interdependent. What I'm hearing is when we acknowledge synchrodestiny, that things are happening and they're all kind of swirling in you know, the same space, we're honoring harmony of the universe, yeah. which essentially is like the harmony of our own body, mind coherence. Yes, right? that balance is natural. The balance. And want to offer an example of that. Earlier this summer, I hurt my back doing yoga. <laughs> I mean, it was like two months I was out, wow. but I kept pushing myself trying to, oh, I'm mm. feeling okay today. So I'm going to, I'm going to work out. And then it would just go worse. Right. And then it just it felt strained and I kept bending over and to, to grab stuff instead of just being patient. And mm. I even wrote about this when I came across this whole idea of universal harmony mm-hmm. and being in the flow of the universe is I was not just fighting against my back. Mm-hmm. I was fighting against all the forces that were telling me to slow down. <laughs> yeah. Like the universe was telling me you need to slow down and you need yeah. to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't just fighting against the biology of my back, I was fighting against the harmony of the universe, you know? Mm-hmm. And and I know that sounds strange and it, as it relates to synchro destiny, but it's accepting this flow, this balance of energy mm-hmm. and and trusting that it will all turn out okay. I don't know what else to say. Trusting in the universe. Trusting It requires faith. It requires faith. Again, yeah. It requires faith. It requires, and it takes courage to do that. Mm -hmm. And it's something that you have to cultivate. And and it it goes back to the social justice Mm -hmm. investments that we have in terms of if you can't believe that it's possible, if you Mm -hmm. can't have faith, then we can't sustain the daily actions it takes to get there. Right. Especially because the structures that we're in teach us to ignore those moments of disharmony and actually create the disharmony. Right. Yeah. They instigate it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to make it feel like it's our fault. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what are the things that you're attracting in your life Mm. today, this week, this year? Um, what am I trying? Oh, you know, what I'm trying to attract is to feel secure, no matter what. Mm. Yeah. Because there was a while when I was like, I want to manifest this kind of job or this kind of career, this kind of wealth and freedom. I want to look here, there. And I realized that it created a lot of anxiety. Yeah. (laughs) And what I really want to feel is secure. I want to feel secure and safe. And I want to feel like I can totally trust myself and the universe mm-hmm. that I know how to take care of myself. Yeah. I know how to be in harmony and be of value just by being who I am in this world. What about you? I mean, you know, as you mentioned, there are many of the typical things, right? I want to attract a good job. 
I want to have enough wealth to keep me safe and healthy, et cetera. I want to attract good health. <laughs> but I agree that that comes with a lot of anxieties and paranoia <laughs> in some ways. And so I think beyond those, things that are easily defined. I'm really, really attracting and searching for inner peace mm-hmm. and just feeling at peace with my choices, mm-hmm. with the situations that come my way. And I think feeling at peace is so related to regaining that sense of trust, mm-hmm. right? Because when you're at peace, you are you have faith that it will be okay, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That it will turn out well. And I, I suffer a lot from anxiety, which mm-hmm. many people would define as like living in the future, right? You're so worried about what's going to happen. Yeah. And people would define depression as living in the past, right? They're mm-hmm. kind of, they can't move on. Yeah. And so I think living in peace is living in the present. Mm-hmm. And doing what I can to set foundations to be able to move forward, but not let that paralyze me or control me and how I feel right now. So in order to attract that peace, I also have to put peace out in the world. Mm. And that means giving from a place of abundance. That means being patient with myself, being compassionate with others. Yeah. And I've been having these insights where I realized that in working on myself and having these moments where I do feel secure and I do feel like I live in a benevolent world and I have faith and I feel at peace. It dawned on me that just by being that I'm putting out peace into the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, it's not actually something I do out- outwardly or intentionally or direct you know what I mean like it's a happening it just happens it's grace another thing that happened to me practicing law of attraction is that bad things still happen in your life and Mm -hmm. I remember thinking like what am I doing to attract these terrible things that are happening in my life? Like, yeah, like, what did I do? Again, going back to that thinking of cause and effect, like I'm doing something to create this in my Mm -hmm. life. And part of buying into this idea that you live in a benevolent universe is that no matter what happens, that the uh, end outcome will be in your favor. Like I had a bad experience and a series of them. But going through those negative experiences allowed me to heal other parts of me that actually created more room for better things to happen in my life. Mm -hmm. So imagine that you have a bowl that carries and can contain all the blessings that are out there in the universe. But you can only contain as much as your bowl can hold. Mm -hmm. And so when you are reaching for something that you don't feel worthy of, or you don't feel worthy of it yet, or you're striving for it because you don't have it yet, you have these experiences that break the bowl and create cracks as the bowl gets bigger. And Mm -hmm. that's how I choose to experience 
challenging things in my life as grace. As the bowl gets bigger, you're creating more space for more blessings mm-hmm. and more growth as the bowl grows bigger, right? Yeah. I love that. I love that analogy of like challenges and obstacles are always part of a journey to to better things. Yeah, like honestly, when I think about the challenges that you and I faced, even getting to this point where law of attraction seemed like something we could incorporate in our lives, Mm -hmm. those challenges add greater depth to our engagement with law of attraction. They're like, think about all the insights that you and I Mm -hmm. were able to have through those challenges. Yeah. I even just think about the creation of this podcast for me. (gasps) Yeah. I lost my job. It was one of the biggest things I'd ever faced. Mm -hmm. And it allowed me to turn to mindfulness and to Mm -hmm. do the 21 days of abundance, which I know I wouldn't have done probably otherwise. Yeah. And then which led me to, I want to continue this journey. I want to continue learning. And I feel I have a lot to give and offer from this place, this genuine place of love and wanting Mm -hmm. to help others and, and reconnecting with you. I mean, mm-hmm. I really owe a lot of that to like this horrible job situation. And in that, I've been able to grow. Yeah. And forgive myself too. Yeah. Well, I think this might be a good time to move into our affirmations of the week. Yeah. What a wonderful conversation that we had today. And something I want to preface for the affirmations. Mm-hmm is that even though the law of attraction, there's so much language in it that makes it seem very individualistic and about individual happiness and success and all those things, Mm -hmm. that Jamie and I want to share these affirmations with the understanding that whatever manifests in our lives, whatever we attract into our lives, that They are coherent with the good of the world. And being humble that what we think we want in our lives are not necessarily the things that are going to benefit us and our communities. And that when we say these affirmations, we say them with a form of compassion, humility. Yeah. What do you, do you have anything to add, Jamie? I think that's spot on. Okay. Great. All right. So folks will get comfortable. Just take a deep breath. Thinking about all of the abundance in the world and all of the healthy, good energy that surrounds us. I create my personal abundance from an infinite source. I focus on what I want to attract in my life. As I live in present moment awareness, I live the magic of synchro destiny.
That was lovely. (laughs) And I do have to hand it to Deepak Chopra, who introduced these three affirmations as part of his 21 Days of Abundance, and I felt were very relevant. And also want to once again echo what Sunny said that while these are very much rooted in our own personal aspirations or feelings that we are one with the universe and one with our communities. And as we think about what we want to attract, we want to ensure that it aligns with the good of the world. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we hope you join us for our next episode, which is actually part two of this episode in which we continue the conversation about the law of attraction, but also explore our histories and our relationships with our friends and family and how that all plays a role as we encounter the law of attraction and our mindfulness practices. And until then, please continue to send us messages and share your stories and your thoughts and your feedback. And we'll talk to you then. Thank you for joining us on Are You There Universe, where we get to reimagine a new world together. We're so grateful to you, and we hope you can join us again next time to dive deeper into the intersections between social justice and spirituality. If you're curious about our other projects and extensions of this work, connect with us. We'd love to have you join our community on Instagram at areyouthere.universe. You can also find me, Sunny, at sunny underscore mystic, and find Jamie on her website, www.jamiewu.com.